Do you always hear that you should add personality to your website? But what does that even mean other than saying, hey, I'm your wine-loving pet photographer? Well, today's interview with Austrian-based elopement photographer and copywriter Mariah Wall has got you covered. So tune in. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick-arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to Season 14, Episode 9 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm your host, Kirsty McConnell, and today I'm chatting with Mariah Wall of Copy by Mariah Ariana. Welcome to the club, Mariah. Hi. Yeah, stoked to be here and yeah, can't wait to get started. Awesome. And I know I got your name right because you have this cool thing on your website. It's like <laughs> uh, something hilarious that made me laugh, like your entire website about um, <laughs> it's uh, Mariah like the singer or something, not uh, Maria yeah. like the saint, was it? Yeah, Mariah like the singer, not Maria like the saint. I live in Europe, so I get called Maria daily. I got called it a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, no, it's Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. And uh, on that note, yes, I absolutely am stoked and excited by your website, both of them. Oh, I, I don't know if they're actually one, but like the f- one that you have for photographers and all the pages for your photography. That's why I've got you on the show today. I mentioned in the email, but I'm just going to tell the listeners anyway. I'm married, as most of you guys already know. Our wedding was like in the middle of COVID. We only had like two friends there and their baby as like our witnesses. Um, our family watched on Zoom. <laughs> it all suited us perfectly. And then anyway, I landed on your site recently and uh, I found myself not only drawn to your images, I mean, already I'm your perfect client. You know, I don't want wedding, a wedding. I um, like a proper traditional one, I mean. Uh, we're hikers ourselves, you know. So like your images drew me in straight away, but not just that. I actually found myself stopping to read the words on your site. And that's something that I certainly don't do very often. I know most people just, we don't do that anymore. We don't read websites, especially if it's for a service that we're not in the market for, (laughs) which I'm certainly not. But soon enough, I, uh, yeah, I I was reading all the words on your site. I wished that I was eloping again. (laughs) Uh, It just says all the right things at all the right times. It gave me like you know, confidence in you and what you do, not too many words that I was going to skim through it. Um, And I just, yeah, I mean, I was just really drawn in by your site. It's really something we don't see that often. It did show your own personality, not just like, I don't know, all these sites always seem to sound the same these days. And so when I learned that actually you help photographers write their copy, I knew I had to reach out. And that's why we're here today. (laughs) So... Before we get too much further, I did kind of skim ahead a little bit. So maybe you can tell the listener, Mariah, who you are, where you're from, where you're based now, what it is that you do in the world of photography and also how you help photographers. Oh my gosh. Um, If I could bottle up that introduction and keep it for every rainy day, I absolutely (laughs) would. Like, 
wow, yeah, you just said so many things that just wiped away all my imposter syndrome and every doubt I have about what I do sometimes. Um, <laughs> thank you. Goodness gracious. Um, yes, I, let's see, where should I start? Um, who am I? How did I end up where I am? Um, yeah, so I guess I'll start from the beginning-ish. I am American. I was born and raised um, in the United States, uh, Michigan, for those of you who are familiar with the <laughs> the lesser famous states of the United States. Yeah, that's where I was born and raised and attended university. Um, I studied applied linguistics and, and English and um, rhetoric and whatnot. So I've already kind of even at that point, like had a love for writing. I had written poetry and entered into contests throughout like my teenage years and school. Um, always been a big part of me writing just generally and then it's it's always sort of stuck with me i mean photography as well it was one of those things where it was really hard to choose you get to a certain age where you know people are pressuring you to choose one job or find you know a real job where i think in this industry of photography all of us have encountered at one point or another somebody who has told us like <laughs> this isn't a real job or when you're, you know, but what's your day job kind of thing. And, you know, that was always really disheartening is in from one side, the photography, which I was so passionate about growing up in a family of artists and painters and writers, and also the writing, which was something I was just always really drawn to and I guess talented at, but not having any idea really how to apply it a long journey to where I am now, I think. Um, I, I traveled a lot after graduating university. I lived across the states in a couple different places. I'd been to Nebraska, Hawaii. I lived in Spain for a little while, Canada. And, and it was actually in Canada where I met my current partner, Johannes. He would, he is German and we were doing sort of a work and travel um, in Canada and British Columbia in the mountains that summer. And that's more or less how we met. And, you know, before I graduated college, I had sort of, I had studied the most practical application of language and linguistics that I could, which was teaching English as a second language, knowing that I wanted to probably move to another country someday or travel the world in some capacity. I knew teaching English would open a lot of doors for me in that respect. So that's sort of what I focused on. And yeah, I, I guess it was an uncanny prediction because a few years later, I ended up meeting Johannes and um, that got me in the door starting a business in Germany, teaching English to non-native speakers, mostly around Frankfurt, like lawyers and tax advisors and like in this very I don't know it was, it's an industry and a type of people that I can only relate to like the color beige it wasn't really <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really lighting my creative fire you know so there was a long time and throughout the the pandemic where I was missing creativity and I was missing my photography and I was missing language in a more creative way and yeah, that's where I sort of started getting back into this idea of creating a photography business again. And I had a, a girl who was in the army in Wiesbaden, not far from Frankfurt, where there's a big US military base. She had found me and reached out to photograph her wedding. But in her message, she was like, but it's kind of not really a wedding. We've already been married because we're in the, the army. And we really just want to have like, 
put on beautiful wedding clothes and get dressed up and then go explore the mountains because that's our idea of a perfect day. And my mind was kind of blown. And after I shot that, I realized like standing in my kitchen that day, I was thinking to myself, if I could shoot one type of thing the rest of my life, like this would be it. And mm-hmm. I kind of let that sit for a little while and then realized that's what I need to be doing. So it, it was at that point that I decided to create my adventure elopement photography business. I started pouring my heart out into my website. I just was was so impassioned again by this idea. And it was through the process of really creating my own brand identity and finding my own brand voice and creating that for myself um, and doing that deep work that is the foundation of, I think, all good copywriting that I discovered that this might be the best application for all the language and writing skills that I also had at this time. And I started having photography friends reach out to me about helping them with their own website copy. And so I came up with this whole strategy on how to get their brand voice out of them and how to do that deep work, um, which is kind of my brand strategy questionnaire. And yeah, too long didn't read. That's how I ended up on this podcast. Okay, so let me summarize for a second. So you've only just started your photography then relatively. I mean, you mentioned the pandemic. So, I mean, was it 2020, 2021 you started this um, photography? This business, yeah. I've been doing photography since I was a teenager. I am 30, almost 31 years old. So I have over a decade of like hobby and professional photography experience behind me. But this business is brand new, yeah. Wow, you cannot tell. I mean, on your side, it looks like, I mean, I had no idea. I didn't, you know, go finding your curriculum or stalk you on LinkedIn. And on your side, it just looks like so professional. So up there, I cannot tell that you've only been in business a couple of years with this business at least. So yeah, I mean, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. um, Everything. And then you mentioned like a few friends were asking you to help you help them, sorry, with uh, with their copy. And so that's what led you into also offering the copywriting service for photographers. Is that right? Basically, yeah. I mean, even though both my photography business and the copywriting are relatively new, if you want to think of it like on a chronological scale, in a sense, like there, it's sort of where all these skills that I've been honing and pursuing for so many years, like it's finally clicked into place. It's, it's finally like it's settled into the, the perfect culmination of all my skills and talents. And like, it's in a good spot. Yeah. And it was basically doing that deep work into my own brand where I found like the best application of my writing skills. Um, and that's helping other specifically photographers. Cause that's the niche I know best, but generally other creatives and small businesses that are driven by like passion and creativity and purpose and uh, service to the world and their clients. That's where, that's where I found that I was able to show up and help people the most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. So just quickly, Mariah, what is the split between your revenue between or income actually between photography and, and copywriting? What, where does most of it come from? Oh yeah, it's getting it's getting hard to tell. I'm like I'm. It's starting to split fifty fifty at this point, um, nice. and it also is dependent on the year, the time of year, right? Because uh, I just had 
a flood of um, projects for what is typically the down season for photographers over the winter, right? And then throughout the summer, the the bulk of my booking starts to become, um, you know, the the summer season in the mountains with the different elopements and whatnot. But yeah, I want to say right now photography is 75% because the, the booking price is just generally higher, but I'm slowly, you know, working up the copywriting as well. And I imagine at some point it would be 50-50. Yeah. Okay. Well, we better all get in quick before price. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's an exciting time. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. It's just really interesting, I think, to hear like, you know, because I can tell you're very passionate about both worlds, you know, it's not like sometimes we see, you know, photographers offering a secondary or opening a secondary income stream because they're not hitting their goals with their photography. But for you, I can tell that you're very passionate about both, which is really exciting. And I love that you're able to, you know, offer both side by side. And they do complement well because, like you said, you know, your copywriting you can do during the low season of your photography and then vice versa. So that's really nice. So if let's – I know that you specialise in – I mean, you're an elopement photographer, but right. I can tell that all of this, uh, all of your copywriting would apply to, you know, to all photographers or even many industries, really. So let's look at some like hardy tips. So I'm, let's say I'm like about to create a brand new website. I've got nothing at the moment. Um, I'm a pet photographer. I specialize in working mm-hmm. with dogs. I mean, where does one start in terms of understanding what words need to actually go onto that page (laughs) oh yeah that is a fabulous question this is where i think a lot of people start backwards i i I think a lot of people they start wanting to design a website and what they do is you know they pick out a nice template or they hire a designer and then they have this beautiful design and then they're sitting there wondering okay i need to put words on this okay well there's a there's a placeholder here there's one here let's just start filling it in and in my opinion, um, I always follow the rule, and I learned this from an amazing designer who I worked with years ago at a, at a company uh, back in Omaha. He always said, good design follows function. And that is true of anything you're creating, whether it's physical, whether it's non-physical, like, like something like a website or copy or design. Um, good design follows function, and the function of a website um, and the function of website design is to deliver the copy most effectively, most engagingly to readers who are on their phones and their attention span is half of a second before they close it out and go to TikTok and start, you know, the doom scrolling for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, we, we really are fighting for people's attention. So I always encourage people start with the copy first. This, this is not just words. This is the foundation for your brand. It's the foundation of your services. It's the foundation of why you do this and why, most importantly, anybody who hires you and gives you their money should care. So starting before you ever even look at the design of your website, setting the foundation, setting that intention, and really think about what you're doing and who it's for, that's step number one. So um, thinking about things like your client avatars. Who is your ideal client? How do you describe them? Where do they shop? Where do they work? What do they spend their money on? What are their values? Thinking about things like keywords, SEO is a huge part of this, being really strategic about how the internet is going to um, rank your sites and position it in the algorithms. 
being intentional about those keywords and those headers is another big thing I, I want people to focus on early on and, um, you know, create space for that. And also getting really clear on their values and what it is that you offer. I mean, for photographers, it's always, yeah, I preserve moments. I document people's lives. That's great, but there's deeper values that we need to hit on that, that's more than just that. You know, the photos are more of the how. Um, the why might be something like, you know, I lost a pet who was like a family member to me and I don't have any photos of them. And I wish I could go back and have more of those moments and, and just helping people find a deeper reason and a deeper emotional connection to your services is step one. And then you can start putting it into words. Okay. Okay. And then what do we do with this information? I mean, <laughs> okay. I know that my ideal client, you know, maybe they, they drive like a, a high middle end kind of car, you know, they're not driving a Lamborghini or a Porsche, but maybe they're in a Land Rover. Um, I know that they have like a car that has room for the dog to be like somewhere where it's not all over the front seat, although some of them might also be on the front seat. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I know that, you know, they dress more like me. They're not dressing like uh, like fancy, fancy, but they're, they're in jeans and a, and a sweater most of the time, this kind of thing. I mean, I know these things. Our, my audience probably also, or yeah, the listeners, they, uh, they you know, they recognise these things when their clients rock up to their shoots, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We want to speak directly to this person, but where do we, like, uh, weave this information? I mean, obviously I'm not going to say, hey, you drive a Land Rover. <laughs> like, so, like, how do we... What do we do from there, basically, to, to know yeah. where to put this on the site? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. It's a lot to, it gets into market, marketing psychology. It gets into, you know, what people are trying to signal with their purchases, what they value um, in their purchases when they're spending that amount of money. Oh, gosh, this conversation about cars just came up in another photography group that I'm in. You know, what do people's cars say about them? And, for example, you know, think of somebody who drives... Um, a Jeep or what is the the Jeep that everyone drives? Is it like the Jeep? Uh, yeah, like a Jeep Wrangler. Like think of think of Jeep Wrangler guy versus Subaru guy versus Dodge Durango like F one thousand five hundred truck. You know, I don't know how big they are, but think of all three of those guys and how different they are. You know, Jeep Wrangler guy. He's probably got two big Huskies in the back of his car. He's got a roof tent. He's got a lift kit because he goes mudding every weekend. And, you know, then you think of, you know, let's see, Camaro guy. He's probably not doing too much camping. He's probably not spending his money on outdoor gear or too much traveling. Like they just value different things and they signal that in what they, in what they buy and how they spend their money. And what you can do when you create an avatar for a person and it, takes a bit of creativity it takes a little bit of imagination but you can start to positively stereotype people you can start to sort of make assumptions about their values and the things they do and you can create a story arc for these people and you get closer to people by becoming more specific on the things that they value and the things that they connect with so for example when i send out my branding questionnaire i have people build at least two avatars at least a little bit different from each other and when i go to write the copy i analyze the answers that they write, you know, the clothes that they buy, the places they shop, what kind of job do they have? What problems are they hoping your service will solve? I I take those answers and I start to create copy that speaks a little bit more 
directly to the person. So infusing some of those ideas into the copy in a way that it's going to catch the eye of your target client. They're going to be like, wait, she said something about the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love that show. Like, um, or she said something about, you know, toasting with a glass of whiskey. I'm such a whiskey drinker. Everyone else talks about glasses of Prosecco and wine. And here's somebody who's talking about whiskey. Like, ah, that's awesome. You know, it connects with people and just little sprinkles of people's personality in the copy. When they see that, they start to connect to you in a genuine way, right? We don't want to trick people. We want to just be ourselves in a way that's effective. We want to be ourselves in a way that people see themselves reflected. And when you're talking about a service like photography specifically, there's an emotional desire for, for the product and for the service. It's not a logical thing. You're not getting on a website that's selling you pens or office supplies and you're just like, okay, I need this thing for, for this purpose and great, I'm just going to order it. It's it's an emotional connection. So so it also takes an emotional and creative approach in the copy to keep people's attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So you just said something that grabbed my attention just then, which was about the whiskey, right? And mm-hmm. every time I see this kind of thing on somebody's website, because we hear people talking about it all the time, I always question like, does anybody care about this thing? You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do people really care? And actually when I scroll through your site, I mean, maybe you did, I mean, you know, I didn't read absolutely everything. Maybe you do say something about it, but it seems to me like you're speaking somehow more directly to your audience. You're not talking about like, yeah. oh, hey, like um, this is my name and I like to drink this thing. It's just not yep. like a yep. point of things, you know. You're yep. really speaking to your audience. So how do we go from being the photographer that's website is like, oh, do you like whiskey too? I also like whiskey, you know. How do yep. we go from, from being that photographer to, to having a website that really speaks to the audience just like yours has? I mean, where's the jump there? Yeah, that is such a fantastic question. And I'm so glad that you articulated that because I think that is so important because I think that's what so many websites are trying to do, but it's the delivery that's off, right? You want to show, not tell, okay? So for example, I'm I'm immediately thinking of this one client I had. Um, Her name is Andrea Cable and she's a photographer um, based in DC. She's an amazing photographer. I loved working on her project and she had this bright bubbly personality and she wanted to attract higher end clients in the area who also enjoyed her bright bubbly personality. So we made sure to infuse that in the copy. And there's one line in her copy where this is a perfect example. She mentioned her ideal client, like they wanted, you know, maybe their communication style is meeting up for an Aperol, Aperol spritz one night and going over some of the wedding timelines. And, you know, she loves her Aperol spritzes and her clients, they always bond over Aperol spritzes. And if you think about it, this is the type of thing that a really basic influencer would put in their Instagram bio, like eh, Aperol spritz, obsessed with kombucha, whatever. Um, <laughs> but instead, for, for us to write that into her copy, instead what we did, is I sidestepped it. So I showed, I didn't tell, I wrote something like, I wanted to connect with her ideal client's values. So in a part of her copy, I wrote, raise your Aperol spritz if you agree with the following. And it was, you know, joy-based photography, a family-focused gathering experience on your wedding day, spending time and money on the things that matter, not the things that um, signal money or something like that. And that was our way to infuse the copy with a little bit of that, you know, 
I drink apple vol spritz, but without saying you drink apple, you know, without just telling it's showing it was, it was, it was demonstrating through another way. It was a sort of storytelling instead of just saying, I love Aperol Spritz. Do you like Aperol Spritz? It was, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's creating a story out of it. It's, it's sidestepping it in a way that's showing and not telling, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well, it does, actually. That's great because, yeah, I just always find myself like I'm trying to weave personality in, but at the end my side always sounds just like very normal, you know? <laughs> And I have an interesting story. It shouldn't sound normal, but it does. And so maybe that's the thing. I mean, I avoid any personality at all because I I don't want to be that like I drink, you know, I don't I drink spritz. I don't want to be that photographer. So I just avoid it entirely. But yes, I love this idea of showing um, instead of telling. That's really nice. And I think a nice spot as well to wrap up part one of this episode because we're gonna sit save i'm trying to speak here <laughs> save, uh, some really nice juicy stuff for the second half of this interview which of course goes out to the members only i want to get into some more tips of finding your own voice um you yeah. mentioned personality earlier so definitely yeah i want to talk about that a little bit more and then also i want to talk about your pricing page on your photography website because i'm right approach to that and I think that that's something that I mean pet photographers elopement photographers doesn't matter anyone can do the same I don't know flow I suppose um yes. or their own version yes. of that and uh yeah I just think it's really beautiful and really nice so I want to get into that but I'm going to save that for our members so before we do wrap up the first half of this episode though Mariah can you mm-hmm. let the listeners on Spotify, iTunes, wherever they're listening to this first half, can you let them know where they can go to find out more about what it is that you offer for photographers? Heck yes. Um, So I've recently started splitting these brands. I think you mentioned at the beginning of the episode that um, my website currently is kind of both. And this year it is a work in progress that I will be completely splitting the websites and creating a brand new home for my copywriting services. Um, but currently, if you go to mariahariana.com, you can see my photography website. And then right there at the top left corner in my navigation, you'll see a little button that says for photographers. And that will link you straight over to my copywriting page where you can read all the goodies on everything I offer. And yeah, I get a feel for what it's like to work with me. Awesome. And I will link to that in the show notes anyway. But um, yeah, there's heaps of great yeah, informative information there about what it is that you do. I see that you offer a few different packages, like you can do mm-hmm. um, SEO uh, blogs, full website mm-hmm. copy, or even uh, an audit of copy that they currently have. So um, yeah. is that kind of the, the bulk of it? Yeah, basically. Um, the, the SEO blogging is like helping people put together those big, heavy cornerstone blogs that offer a free um, a ton of free value for their ideal clients and also, you know, starts getting you um, lots of eyeballs on your page from Google. And then the full website um, services for full website copy services is um, helping you kind of identify your, your brand voice and strategically um, coming up with copy for each um, page on your website. And then the auditing is a sort of DIY option for people who want a little bit of coaching and a little bit of structure, um, but want to write the copy themselves. Okay, nice, nice. It's really nice that you have these, um, yeah, especially the two, the, the full website copy versus the audit. That's really nice. I think, you know, somebody to suit everybody 
something to suit everybody. And then of course, yeah. blogging. who likes blogging themselves? Like hardly anybody, just probably only me. me. <laughs> <laughs> like literally only me. <laughs> nice. So that's a great service to offer. Awesome. I will put the links to, or the link to that site in the show notes, um, as well as to your elopement uh, photography page as well, because um, I think it'd be a really nice example for people to check out what you do. So guys, make sure you head on over and check it out. But for now, we are going to wrap up this first half of the episode. If you miss anything, head on over to thepetphotographersclub.com slash the dash podcast uh, slash 1409 because this is season 14, episode 9, and you will find all the show notes in there. Um, don't forget that if you aren't a member yet, you can continue listening to part two by joining today. It's just 10 bucks a month and a club, club membership includes loads and loads of perks. You get your private RSS feed so that you can listen to this in your favorite podcast player without having to go onto the site or anything. So um, just head on over to thepetphotographersclub.com to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.